Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. That is not a cliche. That is the truth. God is good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just honor you today. Lord, none of me but all of you. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But by you, we run over troops. By you, we leap over walls. It is in you that we make our boast all day long. And so, Father, we look to you, Yahweh, the great I am, the mighty one of Israel, the one who sits upon the throne with all power in his hands, the one that never backs down from any battle, the God that is mighty, the God that is strong, the God that is righteous, the just and faithful God. We look to you today. Have your way in the service at 2 o'clock. Have your way. And let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to appreciate Pastor for giving me the opportunity to uh, continue the message. So we started last week on the subject, the Lord loves justice and is rich in mercy. We looked at the book of Luke chapter 13 from 10 to 17 about the woman that was bent over because Satan had afflicted her for 18 years. And we saw the encounter she had with the Lord Jesus. Um, She was in church just like every other service. She was not looking for a miracle. She was not asking for a miracle, but Jesus called her. And and on the basis of our covenant, I say, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for these 18 years, be loosed on the Sabbath day? We've been, the Lord has been taking us through a journey of our prayer life, increasing our prayer life, especially in the court system of heaven. How we can approach God as the righteous judge. But when you look at this story, there was no protocol There was no dialogue. There was no prayer on our part. It was just divinity stepping into our situation. So I believe today by the mighty hand of God, God is stepping into your situation and he's turning it around for his glory in Jesus' name. I'm going to say that again. I believe today that God is stepping into your situation and turning it around for his glory in the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus preached, everything he did, everything he he wrought was to the glory of God the Father. Everything he did was a demonstration of the heart of God for his people. So we saw that clearly in that story. We also looked at Mark chapter 5. The man of Gadarene is a very famous man. He's almost like Hawk, the, the, the incredible Hawk. The Bible said he was crying night and day in the mountains and in the tombs, 
Satan stole from him. And we focused on John 10.10. 10. The thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And I said to us last time that Satan does not care what you have gone through. Uh, in the natural, somebody might be looking at you and say, if anybody deserves compassion, this person deserves compassion. If anybody deserves prayer, if anybody deserves support, this person deserves. But there is no iota of compassion in the heart of Satan and in the kingdom of darkness. And as believers, we need to know that. He doesn't care how old you are, how young you are. You know, I work in a hospital. And my entrance into the hospital is the children's hospital, the, the children's part of the hospital. And my heart breaks every day when I see young babies, young babies with cancer. The devil is a mean devil. And God is waking up his church to understand that he doesn't do uh, favoritism. He doesn't hold back because you've gone through so much. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't, that's why you have to wake up and stand as the warrior of God that he has called you to be. And begin to take territories that the enemy has taken from you. Amen. Amen. There's, there's, there's holy hunger on the inside of me this morning. Because God desires for his people to be free. That's why Jesus came. I came that you may have life, have it to the full, till it overflows. But when you look at the body of Christ, that's not what we see. And the heart of the Father is grieved. And that's why he's raising men and women to teach the body of Christ the art of war. David said, he teaches my hand to war. <laughs> why does God have to teach your hand to war? Because there's war to fight, there's battle to fight. And we need to be very skilled in the art of prayer. It's not just prayer, it's prayer, it's prayer. Glory to God. So we saw in that story, Jesus encountered this man, the madman of gatherings. I told us that Satan stole from him his useful life, his sanity, his dignity. He has no marriage. He has no plans. You know, maybe you have some pain in your body. At least you can go about your day. Maybe you have some situation that is not pleasant. At least you can go about your day. But this guy has no plans. He's not meeting with anybody. He has no conversation with any human being. He is completely taking over. And that's the intention of Satan for everyone. But it's your job, it's my job to say, no, I have a covenant with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And my covenant says I'm supposed to prosper. I'm supposed to be in health. I'm supposed to move forward. I'm supposed to advance. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violent. Only the violent will take it by force. Not the timid, not the people that are praying, you know, you know, quiet. No, no, no. You've got to wake up and begin to mark your territory. Because the enemy doesn't care. He doesn't care how long you've been serving God. He doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care how young you are. He is a stone-cold killer. But Jesus came. The Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the enemy. His objective is to destroy the works of the enemy. And he has deputized you and I to stand in his name and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Who's with me this morning? 
We take back what the enemy has stolen from us. We take back what the enemy has stolen from us. It's not, uh, it's not just something you talk about. It's something that you practicalize. You have a prayer altar. And your prayer altar is not cold. Many of us will not miss a soap opera. But we'll miss prayer. Many of us will not miss our coffee, our morning coffee. But you miss prayer. Ah. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to know that we are in a battle. You know, you are, you are in a battle and you are eating bonbon. That's the kind of people that the devil likes. Because you'll be able to take them out. But you have to understand that you are not puny. Help me tell your neighbor you are mighty. Because the greater one lives inside of you. His name is called Yahweh. Jesus, the son of the living God. He lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. I want you to marinate that in your spirit for a moment. The mighty one of Israel lives inside of you. The God that parted the Red Sea lives inside of you. The God that showed himself to Pharaoh. He said, I will now gain honor over Pharaoh. The God of the Bible lives inside of you. So when you approach God, you are not approaching God from a timid position. You are not approaching God like somebody that is just, you know, Lord, just give me some, you know, droppings and things like that. No, 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 no. You are a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. God is speaking to you this morning. Arise. Take up your armor. Strap up in the Holy Ghost. Arise, take up your armor, strap up in the Holy Ghost. Because if you don't do that, the enemy will take you out. Uh, you say, well, but that's not fair. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. The good news is the greater one lives inside of you. The mighty one lives inside of you. But, you know, think about it this way. Somebody came up against you, or maybe they came to your house, and you have like four or five different guns, you know, 35 caliber, 25 caliber, and all kinds of weapons in your house. But the guy shows up with a small knife. And instead of you to go for your weapon, you are shaking in your boots. Like, eh, what am I going to do? 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 What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What's the weapons for? To defend your home. To defend your destiny. To defend your life. That's why he gave you the weapon. You know the training that the Lord has for us is when Satan shows up, fire. No conversation. He shows up, pull the trigger. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You didn't hear me over here. When he shows up, pull the trigger. Uh, this is not time to be negotiating. Because he's not a negotiator, his intent is clear. He comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if you let him, he's going to steal from you. He's going to destroy from you. Come on, church. He shows up, fire. Pull the trigger. Help me tell your neighbor, pull the trigger. 
This is not a joke. This is not a joke. This is, this is what God wants his church to be like. A warrior that knows what they have and what they carry. Glory to God. As you notice, the Lord has been leading us and leading me rather to preach on the justice system of God in the spirit and the cost system of heaven, which rules over everyone on earth, every one of the cost system on earth. The Bible also took us to stories that we've read. We read about the book of covenant, uh, and we also found out in John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, speaking about the person of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is God in heaven. And if you look at uh, the context of what we looked at the last time, we said that you can appear in court in two forms. You can either be uh, the defendant or you can be the plaintiff. You know, we are focusing on the plaintiff side of it. You know, there are some things that the enemy has stolen from our lives, from your lives, and we have to go before the court of heaven to present our case before the court. Now, I want to share quickly a story in Mark chapter 10. I alluded to that uh, last time. If you open your Bible to Mark chapter 10, because of time. Mark chapter 10, we are going to look quickly from verse 46 to 52. It will complement the two stories that we talked about, the woman that was bent over and the man, the madman of the gatherings, from verse 46. Glory to God. I never know how these things will go many times. I just prepare and let the Holy Spirit take it. The Bible says, Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples with a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And God is calling somebody today in the name of Jesus. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith and made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. We know the story. Blind Bartimaeus, do you know that we don't even know his first name? His first name is Blind. Bartimaeus, is, it means son of Timaeus, like Bar Jesus, son of Jesus, Bar Jonas, son of Jonas. We don't know his first name. His condition has become his identity. His situation has become his identity. And I began to study it. I found out the reason that it was very significant that the Holy Ghost highlighted that he threw away his cloak. In those days, when you are a legally blind person, they give you a garment that identify you and say, this person is blind or is disabled. And so they are legally able to go and beg 
So this was his livelihood. But when he's heard, you know, he's used to hearing crowds because his sense of hearing is so much stronger because he's lost his eyesight. We know that. When somebody loses one of their five senses, the other four senses will compensate. They will get stronger. So his sense of hearing is so much stronger. So he hears footsteps, footsteps. People, you know, passing by, passing by. And he noticed that it was a lot stronger than it normally is. So he probably started asking questions. What is going on? I said, don't you know Jesus of Nazareth is passing by? And for some reason, this man understood who Jesus was. Because he went deep. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because when you look at the lineage of David, Jesus was not a son or a direct descendant of David. But he's a spiritual descendant of David. So he had that revelation revealed to him somehow. I don't know how. The Bible never told us. But this man began to cry. He said, Jesus, son of David, I'm calling for mercy. I'm calling for mercy. Because if I ask for justice, my condition will continue. You know, sometimes, you know, there's something called a presidential pardon. You know, we see that all the time. No matter what the crime that person committed, if the president saw it fit, whether it's for a political reason or for other reason, it doesn't matter the reason. But if president decides, I'm going to pardon so-and-so, whatever crime that was on that person's bill is null and void. They are set free, completely set free. There's no trial, there's no judge, there's no jury, there's no evidence. All of that is, in fact, in many cases, all of that has happened. The court system had done their thing, and they've decided that this person is guilty. And that was the re- that's one of the reasons why the governor or the president decides, I'm going to pardon this person. Even though, according to justice, and I said last time that the, the scale of justice has to be balanced. We looked at many scriptures, so I'm not going to go into that because of time. So the scale of justice, according to justice, this person should be punished. According to justice, this person deserves hell. They deserve the imprisonment. They deserve whatever that person is going through. But the president decides and says, you know what? Yeah, I hear all the case. I hear all the evidence, but I pardon him anyway. And from that moment, that person is guilt-free in the highs of the law, in the highs of society. They are completely set free. And I want to bring to you today, there is somebody called the king of kings. There's somebody called Elohim. There's somebody called Yahweh, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He happens to preside over the highest court in every realm. And when he says you are free, no devil in hell, no court on earth can overturn it. Because that's the highest court in every realm. And so, therefore, that's why mercy is the biggest, the highest thing you can seek the Lord for. Yes, you can ask for justice. And like we said, you can present your case. And I've also learned, the Lord showed me, that the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is our advocate. You know, you can approach God on yourself, or you can be smarter and say, Lord, I'm going to just ride on your coattail. You, you, you know the court more than I do. Uh, these are the facts that I know. I'm going to present it to you. And the Bible also tells us that G- the Holy Spirit is our 
intercessor. The Bible says in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmity, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you have Jesus on your side, you have the Holy Spirit on your side, and the Father who is presiding over the case happened to be your papa too. The case is rigged. Hallelujah. But you have to show up in court. You can't be lazy. You can't be full of soap opera. You can't be full of life. You have to have dedicated time to present your case before the Lord. Because I presented to you over and over and over again that Satan doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's a stone-cold killer. He will take from you if you let him. So we are going to go before the court of heaven to understand the mercy system of God. I said that God is rich in mercy. You know, we have the justice system. God's justice and his mercy is reflected at Calvary because the penalty of all sins for all time was settled at the cross. There is no uh, more conversation about any sin that will be committed tomorrow, any sin that will be committed next year, as long as the Lord Jesus has not come. Every sin for all time and all of eternity has been settled at Calvary. Amen? And that is the highest halter that you can see in any realm, whether it's in the spiritual realm or in the natural realm. So now let's go quickly. What is mercy? Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. So I'm a judge or I'm a dad and your son did something. And it's within your power to punish them. But you decide, you know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it slide this time. And in the court system, we've gone through the process. And, you know, the justice says I should put you in jail. But it's within my prerogative as a judge. I say, you know what? I'm going to show mercy. Go. Don't let me see you in my court again, but you can go. So that's mercy. It's within my power to punish you, but rather I choose to do the opposite. I choose to show mercy. It's also the discretionary power of a judge to pardon someone or to mitigate punishment, to make it less, especially to send them to prison rather than to invoke the death penalty. So death penalty is due that person, but I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to put that person in prison, which is mercy. Now, I want to show you uh, in the court system of God, there's something called mercy. We've, we've already exhausted justice. You know, you go through the process, you present your case, whether by yourself or through the Lord Jesus Christ. In every legal system, whether it's spiritual or the natural, we have the law, we have judgment, and we have punishment. But we also have mercy. Mercy, when mercy is given, it rolls away judgment that is rightly due to you. When you receive mercy... That's why the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you look at some scriptures that in Colossians 2, 13 to 15, the Bible says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to, to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And he has taken it out of the way and has nailed it to his cross. So everything 
that you and I will ever commit, as far as sin goes, has been settled at Golgotha, at Calvary. So all of sin, all of uh, whatever any argument that the enemy might bring against you, it's being settled at Calvary. But you have to present your case. Amen? You know this. You, you, you've watched TV shows. You've been around le- <coughs> people that are legal. Even though you have a winnable case, but if you don't show up in court, you lose by default. Am I speaking? Am I speaking truth? Even though your case, as far as case laws go, as far as jurisprudence go, as far as the legal system goes, you have a winnable case based on the fact. Based on the fact that Jesus has already paid the price. But if you don't show up, you lose. And the enemy has been getting away with murder. He's been getting away with everything. And God is raising his church to begin to fight and begin to bring accusation against him in the court system. Last time, we covered the fact that Satan is a, is a thief, is a liar, and he will steal from you. He will steal from your family. He will steal your children. He will steal your joy. He will steal from you if you let him. But we are not going to let him. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, the Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I want us to know that mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment has been determined based on the case laws, based on the evidence presented. And the, the, the fact is, maybe the conclusion is you are guilty. But we have to cry for mercy. Amen? Like blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So I want us to take a moment right now. We are not approaching God to look for justice. No. We are not approaching God to look for any kind of justice. We are asking for mercy. Over that situation in your life, over that situation that you have been crying about, over that health condition, over that money situation, over that career situation, over that family situation, you are going to open your mouth and cry like blind Bartimaeus did. We are still in the middle of the message, but it's a message with prayer, okay? So if you are not interested in prayer, um, you can, you know, maybe walk out or whatever you want to do. But this is a praying church, amen? So I want you to take a moment right now and present your case before the Lord. Lord, I'm not asking for justice. I'm asking for mercy. I'm asking for mercy. Mercy says, Lord, whether I am guilty or innocent, I throw myself at the mercy of the courts. I throw myself at the mercy of the court over my son, over my daughter, over my wife, over my husband, over my job. Lord, I throw myself at the mercy of the court. Are we praying right now? I want you to talk to God. Talk to God. This is a praying church. We are a warrior. And this is you presenting your case before the Lord. Over your children that are wayward or they are not serving the Lord, present them before the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm asking for mercy. 
over 2 p.m., Lord God, we are crying for mercy. We are crying for mercy. Are you with me, church? We are crying for mercy. Lord, we do not know. We have no might against this great army. That's what Jehoshaphat said. Jehoshaphat said, we have no might against this great army, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We are crying for mercy this morning. Are you with me, church? If you know how to pray in the spirit, join with me for a moment. We are crying for mercy, oh God. We are crying for mercy. Longa If you know how to pray in the spirit, join with me. Join with me. Join with me. And let's just cry for mercy. Cry for mercy. Not just for your own situation, but for your neighbor's situation. Yes, because we are taking hold together on behalf of one another. And we are partnering with the Holy Spirit to help us. Lord, we are not just asking for justice, but we are asking for mercy, O oh God. We are throwing ourselves at the mercy of the court of heaven. We are throwing ourselves at the mercy of the court of heaven. Lord, we are asking for mercy. Over my brother, Lord, I'm crying for mercy, O God. We are crying for mercy. We are crying for mercy. <coughs> Lord, we don't know all the details, and it doesn't really matter. Lord, you see it, you know it, oh God. But Lord, we are crying for mercy over every man in this house, everyone that has a terminal condition. Lord, we are crying for mercy. Everyone that has incurable situations, oh God. Lord, we are crying for mercy. Just like blind Bartimaeus said, say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Reta kakato bregedebosia. Reta kodegedebosia. Rebato sekedebo. If you are here just sitting down, please, I want you to engage in this prayer for a moment. I want you to engage in this prayer for a moment. I want you to engage with me in this prayer. Lord, we are crying for mercy. What the justice system cannot do for you, the mercy will do for you. When mercy shows up, everything is settled. When the mercy of God shows up, everything is settled. And the Bible says he is rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy. He loves to do mercy. He loves to give 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 mercy. Lord, I know I'm not perfect. None of us is perfect. But Lord, we throw ourselves at the mercy of the court. We are asking for mercy, oh God. We are asking for your mercy, oh God. Over every life, over every life, we are asking for mercy, oh God. We are asking for mercy. When you approach God for mercy, you are not presenting anything. You are not presenting anything. Just like blind Bartimaeus, Blind Bartimaeus was not quoting any scripture, was not presenting anything he's done, was not presenting any evidence. Lord, I've done this, I've paid my tithe, I've done this, I've fasted. All of that is wonderful. We just say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I have no leg to stand on. I have no leg to stand on, but I'm just asking for your mercy this morning. I'm just asking for your grace this morning. I'm asking for your mercy this morning. Over Global River Church, we are asking for mercy. We are asking for mercy. Are you with me, church? We are asking for your mercy, oh God. In Micah 7, 18, the Bible says, Who is a God like you, 
pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Like that song, for the Lord delight in showing mercy. It's a delight of his heart to show mercy. Even though I am guilty, but it shows me mercy. Even though I am guilty, but he extends mercy. And so, Father, today in the name of the Lord Jesus, over every one of our lives, I don't feel like preaching anymore. Over every one of our lives, over every life, oh God, over every situation, oh God, over every family, oh God, over every condition, oh God. Lord, we prayed, we fasted. Just like the disciples said to Jesus, we have toiled all night and we caught nothing. We have toiled all night. We have prayed, we have fasted, we've done everything we know to do. Lord, now we are looking to your mercy. 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 If anyone desires the mercy of the Lord this morning, this will be a good time for you to do that. Uh, open your mouth and tell him, Lord, I need your mercy in this area of my life. I need your mercy. Over Global River Church, we need your mercy. <laughs> we are not bragging on anything we have done. We are grateful you have enabled us to serve you in the little way we have been able to serve you. But we are not bringing that as evidence. No. We thank you, Lord, because we have access into your court through your blood. But Lord, all we are asking for this morning is your mercy. All we are asking for this morning is your mercy. Over our children for your mercy. Over our children for your mercy. Over the men for your mercy. Lord, we cry for mercy. We cry for mercy. We cry out for your 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 mercy. Rema kade rebato sikalagada materia. Amalango ramande sikalagara batesia. We cry out for your mercy. We cry out for your mercy. We cry out for your mercy. We look to your mercy. We ask for your mercy. Open your mouth this morning. Cry out for mercy. Don't be a spectator, church. Cry out for mercy, oh God. We cry out for mercy. Lord, you know the details of my life. You know the details of your church. Lord, if not for your blood, if not for your mercy, none of us can stand. Lord, we cry out for your mercy, oh God. We cry out for your mercy over the leadership of Global River Church, over the women, over the men. Lord, we cry out for your mercy. Our youths, we cry out for your mercy. Lord, we cry out for your mercy. We cry out for your mercy. We seek your mercy. We seek your mercy. Holy Spirit. For we know not how we should pray as we ought. Yes. But the Spirit of God makes intercession for us. 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. We partner with you, Holy Spirit. We partner with you, Holy Spirit. You know how to pray, presenting it before the Father. Holy Spirit, you know how to pray, presenting it before the Father. Holy Spirit, come down now. We invite you to come down. Fall down on us. Fall down on every life, oh God. Fall down on every situation, oh God. The ones that we know about and the ones we've never told anybody. We cry out for your mercy. We look for your mercy. We cry out for your mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my wife. Have mercy on John Corey. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. The Bible says he's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. Lord, we cry out for your mercy. We cry out for your mercy. We seek for your mercy. Oh, we cry out for your mercy, Lord. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Yes. Church, speak to him this morning. Speak to him this morning. Please don't just be sitting there. Don't just be sitting there, please. I beg of you, don't just be sitting there. Take advantage of this moment and speak to your maker. Speak to the God who sits on the throne. The God that can show you mercy. If God shows you mercy, everything will line up. Your boss will show you mercy. Situations will line up. When God gives you mercy, everything will fall in place. When God gives you mercy, that prayer that you have been praying, you don't need it anymore. When God shows you mercy, oh, we cry out for your mercy. showed up in prayer one of them began to brag said I give I give my tithes I fast twice a week and he began to lay down his resume the other guy said in fact the scripture said he wouldn't even look up he humbled himself he wouldn't even look up he said have mercy on me oh sinner and Jesus said which one of them went home that day justified Lord, we cry out for mercy. mercy, mercy we humble ourselves, oh God. We Any area of pride, we lay it down. Lay it down. We lay it all down. Any area of pride, we lay it all down. We cry out for mercy. Lord, I cry out for mercy over my family. Over my church family, over my natural family, I cry out for mercy. Lord, I'm not ashamed to say that publicly. I cry out for mercy because I need your mercy. 
need your mercy. says all our righteousness they are like filthy rag before a holy God Lord we humble ourselves before you we humble, we humble ourselves oh God we cry out for mercy oh everything you have said over this house we cry out for mercy That are watching from afar, we cry out for mercy. Everyone that has been oppressed, molested, and harassed, pushed down by the enemy, Lord, we cry out for mercy. We cry out for mercy. Are you going to join me and be an intercessor today? Are you going to join me, church, and be an intercessor? Not just for yourself, but on behalf of your brother, your sister. Let's cry out for mercy. Let's cry out for mercy. The good news is, the scripture says, is rich in mercy. He delights in showing mercy. He delights in showing mercy. He delights in showing mercy. For mercy triumphs over judgment. For mercy triumphs over judgment. For mercy triumphs over judgment. Lord, we humble ourselves before the cross. We prostrate ourselves before the cross. We need your mercy as a church family. We need your mercy. committed any sin. It's not about sin. When God shows mercy, it touches every area of your life. Judgment is rolled away. Lord, we cry out for mercy. Sarah wrote the song, Son of David, have mercy on me. Let's stand. It's called Hem of His Garment. I want to invite the ministry team, if you know who you are, if you'll come forward. And if there's anyone that's just crying out for mercy for someone today, interceding, why don't you come forward, receive prayer. Don't forget, we'll uh, be praying at 2 o'clock, but also, would you join us for a celebration to send Megan Geis out? We'll have some cake and coffee in the cafe after service, if you can join us. So let's stand. God, we thank you that the the God of mercy is also a God of justice. We may deserve justice, but he's, he loves mercy. He's merciful. So, Lord, we stand in the gap now for others to have mercy. receive your mercy. Remember, mercy is not based on what you've done or what you have not done. 
Mercy is the benevolence of the Father. Lord, we receive your mercy. Over every prayer request, we receive your mercy. We receive it. We receive your mercy. We receive your mercy. Just like blind Bartimaeus said, what do you want? The Lord is asking you, what do you want? Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. Lord, I want resurrection, oh God. I want everybody healed. Every life touched. Every life turned around for your glory. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That the Father may receive all the glory. Stretch your hand to heal. To set the captives free. Move Global River to the next level, oh God. Touch every life, oh God. Touch every life, oh God. Touch every sickness and turn it around for your glory. Touch every sickness and turn it around for your glory. Lord, touch every unemployment and turn it around for your glory. Turn every family turmoil and turn it around for your glory. Lord, we receive your mercy. We receive your mercy. Lord, we are believing you for the gift of faith in operation. For the gift of working of miracles in operation today. For the gift of healings to be in operation today. For the Holy Ghost to quicken mortal bodies today. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. To quicken every life. To quicken my brother who got. Lord today. We stand firm, O oh God. We hold on to the horn of the altar. We hold on to the horn of the altar. We will not let go, O oh God. We will not let go, O oh God. Like Jacob, we will not let go, O oh God. The day is done, but we will not let go, O oh God. We speak life in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do. And greater works you will do because I go unto the Father. Lord, we stand on this word. We stand in unity. We stand in unity as your ecclesia, as Global River Church. We stand in unity. We stand on your word. Lord, you are the baker. Your church is hungry. We cannot be hungry. You are the baker. You bake all kinds of bakeries, all kinds of pastries, healing, resurrection, deliverance. It's in there. Your church cannot be hungry. 
So, Father, we stand, O oh God. We stand, O oh God. We believe. We believe. So, Lord, we lift up this day to you. We lift up the week to you. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Don't forget, um, kingdom men and kingdom women meet tomorrow night at 7. Don't forget, Wednesday night we'll begin prepare for rain. There is, this is not the same season. I invite you all to come 6.30 Wednesday night. We're going to prepare for what is coming. Then don't forget, Friday night we will be at Curie Beach Pavilion. Just take, go head down towards towards the beach to Creary Beach right there. You'll see the pavilion. We'll be there setting up. We'll start worship around 4, but if you want to be baptized in the ocean, I have a short teaching here. Pick it up. It's on baptism. Pick it up. Come at 5.15 at the pavilion. At 5 o'clock, you don't have to pay to park, so you, you get there, and it's free parking after 5, and then we're going to go to the ocean. We're going to have worship on the ocean, and we're going to baptize. That's Friday night, this coming Friday, Curie Beach. And then keep praying for what God is going to do for the tent and all the miracles that are going to outflow. God bless you all. Don't forget to come and have some cake and coffee with Megan. We bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining live stream.